back to Theory for Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Ryan. That's Matt. Hey, Matt. Man, it's a hot one. Like seven inches from the midday sun. Ryan, stop the looting. Stop the shooting. Pickpocking on the corner. See, as the rich is getting richer, the poor is getting poorer. And we are not alone. We are joined by TFT punk correspondent Rachel D. Hey, Rachel. People, 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 people. People, 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 hear me calling. Well, Samita, Matt, and Ryan on the corner thinking of ways to make it better. (laughs) That's right. We are all here on the corner, uh, on the corner of Santana's Supernatural, uh, the 17th album uh, by Santana. uh, And it was the one that was released to great, uh, great commercial success uh, in 1999. This is an album that, uh, if you do not remember, uh, went 15 times platinum uh, on the strength of not one but two dominating singles uh smooth uh featuring rob thomas of matchbox 20 and maria maria featuring uh vocals by the product gmb and production by Wyclef. um and and this album won eight grammy awards uh for the year in which it competed so this was a massive hit uh is a massive piece of our uh of of our youth of of the late 90s um it is quite a transition from uh, last week's time that we spent with the dismemberment plans emergency. I wouldn't you say? <laughs> no, I mean I feel I feel like there are a lot of continuities between uh, <laughs> between emergency and I and and this. They're really both about crippling depression. Yeah. <laughs> here it's just that here depression is is uh, you know played played by Santana's guitar. Well, and it is it is um, it is omnipresent, right? That this is an album. I mean, this album is interesting. We'll get into it a little bit more, but it's it's an album that more or less evenly alternates what I would call like Santana songs, which are like kind of Latin rock songs in a in a seventies mode uh, that are that are kind of the songs that that Santana was um, the type of songs that Santana was famous for at the peak of their career um, in the uh, in the early sixties or late. 60s early 70s and then there are these then there's another half of the album that are um in which a parade of the top kind of pop rock and um hip-hop r&b stars of the late 90s stop by right and and that that part of the album is the one that i think most people remember and is a lot more like (laughs) right that that is a lot more of a DJ Khaled album, right? Um, and is that that and in that way, uh, Santana's guitar is like the voice of um, uh, of DJ Khaled yelling another one, right? Hey, um, hey, Wyclef, come over, bring the product GMB, bring Rob Thomas, bring Eagle Eye Cherry. Exactly. We're gonna celebrate life, man, pura vida. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, and 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 I think that I mean, and and we you will ne- we'll never know for sure exactly where th- there is certainly a kinship there, um, and it's one that uh, that that DJ Khaled uh, picked up on because he sampled, um, and that it sampled is almost <laughs> like generous, right? <laughs> he took the karaoke track for Maria Maria for his hit song Wild Thoughts that was featuring. Um, 
um, Rihanna and Bryson Tiller that was a big hit of 2017. Um, and Rihanna does a great job at it, but like, you know, there is, it is barely a sample, right? It is, uh, cause like we even played wild thoughts and Rachel's like, Oh, well the drum beats a little different on this one. And then we played Maria Maria and, and we're it, like, no, it's not, <laughs> it's the same one. It's pretty much the same sample. <laughs> yeah. And so that there is a way in which, um, you know, that this album came back around has come back around already and and its influences among us i mean was this um uh rachel or matt was this an album that you guys were familiar with at the time i have to say i was not familiar with it at the time um i think you know obviously i was familiar with the singles um they were definitely uh totally uh wait what is the word i don't i want to say like I mean, you know, it was, yeah, I mean, inescapable, inescapable. Yeah. I mean, they, the singles were definitely omnipresent. I wanted to say omnipresent and then like, (laughs) is it appropriate to say that for, yeah, sure. Yeah. They were omnipresent. Yeah. Uh, but no, I did not listen to this album. I did not. In fact, I was pleasantly surprised how the album is mainly, you know, like Latin psychedelic rock. <laughs> but you had a good description for like what what a use case that you could have imagined for this music um, of of like you know growing up in Miami, you live on the water. Oh yeah, no. I, to me, the, so I I grew up in Miami, and um and I and you know and I and I'm like I'm a Cuban American, and one of the things like on Saturday, my dad would like play music while kind of cleaning the patio deck outside and like I, we lived like on a canal so we had like a like a speedboat so he, like while he got the boat ready and like cleaned the deck like power wash the deck was like a thing he did a lot you know so he's doing all that he would play music and a lot of it like i just remember a lot of like you know it's it was like i described it like boat music so if it wasn't like if it wasn't like um Bob Marley or like the Beach Boys or even like kind of yacht rocky things. It was like Brazilian, like kind of like I would call it like I don't know what what this group was, but it was like what I would describe the uh, equivalent of like 80s Brazilian like like pop bossa nova pop, but like 80s. It was like Mannheim steamroller, but like Brazilian bossa nova. I, you know what I mean? Like uh, Amanda, please tell us. Wh- yeah, I, I don't know, know what, what this that was. Is. Yeah, I don't know what this band was, but he would like play that. And like to me, I'm like, oh, the Santana album sounds like the kind. Yeah, it sounds like the kind of thing my dad would play it like on a hot Miami morning while power washing the deck, and we were like going to go out on the boat later. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, I, I know you do. Not, well, I, by this time you were uh, in New Haven, where there are v- precious few decks to power wash. Uh, did, did you did you have this album, or did you only kind of? Yeah, uh, no, no. I, I this I to me this is music for hunkering down in a basement dorm room while a blizzard rages outside, and you, uh, <laughs> you, and you like fondly remember what the warmth of the sun once felt like. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, growing what up. What it felt in, like. To, what it felt like to be seven inches from the midday sun. Right, exactly. And the, the uh, as as you, you know, drink uh, drink like grain alcohol and Kool-Aid out of red solo cups uh, and try to like try to awkwardly like grind dance with girls, which was another thing that happened in the 90s. 
Yeah. And I mean, for me, this was this was uh, the music of my senior year of high school. So this was like the music of possibility, right, of imagining a better life, uh, a life in college. Um, and, and I mean, this is like, you know, uh, and, and I will say I, I had this album. Right? I had this I had this CD um, and, and remember remember buying this. And, you know, part of how we landed here at Santana is that you know, after doing the music from 99 that I 99 that I like now, which was, you know, the dismemberment plan, I, I wanted to do the music from 1999 that I was actually listening to then, right? Uh, like me, the actual me then. And and what that was supposed to be was uh, was Dave Matthews band um, because the 1999-2000 was kind of the peak of my Dave Matthews fandom. Uh, and, and, you know, again, tr- really trying to figure it out. Uh, and there were two, not one, but two live Dave Matthews albums from 1999. And we put them on and we just we just couldn't do it right. uh, and and so this was this album that allows us to do that because it has a manageable amount uh of uh of dave matthews <laughs> on one song right that's oh like God, right. this is like a um this was like one of my i remember when one of my friends in high school was trolling me none of my friends liked dave matthews band i guess liking dave matthews band was my rebellion against my friends who all liked kind of punk like hardcore punk and and emo and my friend says yeah there's only one problem with dave matthews band dave matthews <laughs> it's like yeah that's a that is a sick 90s burn yeah is wow what that is. <laughs> hey man we were all high schoolers <laughs> yeah exactly that's it was like a six 17 year old burn i guess you know um, right yeah the, i mean yeah yeah, it's uh, it is interesting, right? Like what we what we were we are doing a little bit like we're mortifying ourselves, right? Like yeah, you know, yeah. like that that thing where you like read journal entries, right? Yeah. That from uh, from when you were a teenager, um, and uh, you know, it's not like uh, some of it, some of it, some of it holds up. Some of it doesn't really uh, hold up. Some of it, like uh, you kind of want to, you kind of want to reconsider. But I think I don't know. I'm like I'm eager to find a reason to. Uh, I'm eager to find a reason to love it now. You know, rather than rather than sort of dismiss it out of hand. Though I totally. I, I feel like this record is like eighty eighty five percent filler. You know, like <laughs> well, the Latin, the, the, the Latin psychedelic rock songs are not, are like maybe 300% as long as they need to be. I mean, unless you're high, I mean, unless that's your use case and like what, you know, you just like are just really in those rhythms and like that, uh, you know, that sort of guitar line is a, uh, is like, a just a, a, a like a rainbow, uh, just tracing figures all over your room as you follow it blissed out from, you know, corner to corner of whatever room you're sitting in and, and beyond as it explodes into a, a, a million colors. I don't know. I mean, see, see that's interesting. Cause like I almost had the opposite take where it's like, I could have gone with, with more Latin psychedelic rock, you know, like, and, and less, yeah, pop. I don't like, the, I don't like dance music. To me it feels like, it feels like the, uh, the, like the filler, but, uh, well, we will relitigate, um, supernatural uh when we get into it so go give it a spin it is a it uses the entire disc i believe it is it clocks in at 74 uh, minutes and 59 seconds um and 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 i'd say like 
it is true that about all but about four of those minutes are guitar solos. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, so take it in uh, and you'll you'll recognize some you'll you'll likely recognize some of the songs um, and some of them will be will be new. But I think that there is a lot there. Um, so meet us back here to dive in to uh, all of the corners of Supernatural after this word from our commercial sponsors. Have you gotten tired of just putting your lights on with the light switch? Ah, uh, yes, it's such a long walk from where I'm sitting over to the switch. Well, you can talk to your smart home with the Philips Hue Light family of products now with Amazon Echo integration. Hey, Alexa, turn the lights on. <laughs> Alexa, subscribe to Overthinking It. Alexa, confirm. Alexa, buy Carlos Santana's Supernatural. Alexa, confirm. Alexa, sign me up for the government watch list. Alexa, confirm. You see, Philips Hue Lights. Everything wait, wait, you... wait, wait, wait. Am I on a watch list now? <laughs> That's okay. Don't worry about it. Uh, everything you've ever wanted in a smart light from Alexa, and we wait. totally swear we're not spying on you. Why, why are the lights getting brighter and brighter? Hey, Alexa. now, all hey, you hey, lovers, uh, put turn, your turn. lights on. No, turn the lights down. Put your lights no. on. Help. Hey, now. All you criminals, put your lights on. Thanks, Phillips Hugh. Now with Alexa. And we're back. <laughs> wow, that was dark. Was kind of dada I, I like it. I like it. No, that was a good dark ad. I mean, I definitely like, I mean, that's definitely my fear. <laughs> <laughs> that uh yeah that they're that they're you, you you don't have any smart products in in your house right Not unless you count siri and i don't because yeah. she's stupid yeah. and can't do shit so really oh, i turned her our, off. our our phones are smart but our house is dumb yeah our house is dumb <laughs> so, that's uh you just you really just almost wrote a parody to all-star there right like our phones are smart but our house is dumb, dumb. <laughs> so much to do so much to cook so what's wrong with making some sous vide yeah <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> uh, what a song for our, a song for our time. So I, I have I have a I have a question for you for is you it, guys. Is, is Santana a good guitarist? Because the answer is a qualified yes. A qualified. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's a, I think that's a yes. I think that's a no, yes. No, no. Well, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll 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 table my question uh, and following our uh, Robert's rules of podcast order uh, <laughs> and cede the floor to uh, to the man from Matt. Um, so so what is the qualification to um, to to the goodness of Santana's guitar? I like point? I on this album, and I mean I gotta say like I know Oye Como Va, and I know this album, right? So you know I'll yes I'll I'll check my privilege, I, you know, whatever the. Uh, uh, and and I'm not a an expert in in Latin jazz or or Latin pop music at all. Uh, I play a little bit of uh, of Latin jazz on the piano, but 
you know, beyond that, this he's I I really like his sound. He's got like a really good kind of piercing uh, rock and roll sort of chunky sound. Um, chunky, not in the sense of distorted, in the sense of like substantial, and it's uh, it's really sort of clear and and um, and wailing. I, you know, I like that. I I just yeah, I the, feel, to- the guitar tone. Is yeah, like, exactly. Is, is really remarkable, right? And it's yeah. un- and it's it's unlike anything else. You know, I think. It's sort of it's sort of unique, but a little bit. I I don't love all of the lines on this mm. on this record, right? Like it seems like he's sometimes playing in a bluesy idiom, which is not sort of in a lot of the Spanish harmony in the more mm. Latin rock kind of songs. And then the on the pop songs, it feels so dumbed down, you know, even when he's not quoting Wu-Tang Clan ain't, ain't nothing to fuck with. But it's, you know, like the, the um, I, you know, I don't know, the, the hooks seem a little, seem a little bit like uh, uh, hooks for dummies. So the, the qualification for me is like, I, re- I really like the like the guitar sound craftsmanship, but I think it's I think it's misused, or I think I, I get the sense that it's it's sort of dumbed down uh, a mm-hmm. little bit a little bit on this, right? Do you really think it was the the uh, guitar heroics um, that sold this album, or do, uh, you know, do you feel like it was a kind of a kind of set of brand synergies, uh, you know, that that really put it over the top? I mean, I think this album and this album, I think, is like about the brand synergies and the marketing of Santana. But I still think it, you know, I still don't think that then I guess I'm still looking towards like the, you know, kind of like the career of the larger career as like, you know, kind of being I think I mean, to me, I think he's kind of like I mean, he is like a Latin rock icon, right? Like the really like he. You know, and like a kind of, I don't know, like a. He's a, a big, trailblazer, right? Yeah, he's a trailblazer and a and a like kind of star of like this of like of like I guess like the baby boomers, right? Like he's like kind of a baby boomer, Woodstock rock star, playing this kind of weird bluesy Latin music, you know. <laughs> uh, that and it, it's it's interesting, um, and so. You know, I mean, putting that aside, though, like the album, yes, I think the album is like about the marketing of Santana. As I even the marketing of Santana, it's about like, I don't know, it's about like just kind of it's about because it's not even about marketing Santana, right? Like the, it's like a lot of these songs is like he's sort of like just an incidental part of like the big pop songs from this album. Right. Like he plays a riff. Well, and that's what I was going to say is that the thing is, is that it is the best guitar playing on a mega pop album of 1999. Right. Because, and I, and I'm saying pop, right. Because like, that's, what's like fascinating about it is that it is, it is the pop of 99 through of 1999 kind of refracted through the prism of, of Santana's guitar and through the, and the kind of broader prism of seventies rock. Right. And it is like, it is this grand, if there's a synergy, it's not just kind of the synergies of the individual pop stars, but it is some great generational kind of either compact or like, you know, the ultimate sellout, right? That like there are, and, 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 and I think about this because 
and we, you know, we talked about this a little bit over the last few weeks, but it's it, it's kind of the the ultimate death knell of alternative rock, right? Uh, is uh, this is like alternative rock, like I, like uh, like it's the great armistice of alternative rock, uh, and the boomers went why? Yeah, right? you know. Like, okay, so like here's 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 the thing. Like I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I have a lot of thoughts, and I just need to yeah, un- yeah. I need yeah, to uncork. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, uncork them like like a sweet guitar. Uh, You know who is the age to today in 2017 is the age that Santana was, Carlos Santana was, when this album was released? Is it Rob Thomas? (laughs) I mean, that's actually not far off. Eddie Vedder. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Who just yeah. played? Who yep. just played at the Oscars? Right. Played a Tom Petty song, and yeah. uh, I, I I thought he was going to bust out for the in memoriam. Oh, oh I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> never seen that uh, Andy Samberg yeah, yeah. bit it's like great yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the the uh right like and i i actually didn't oh, wow. so i was i was in a restaurant watching uh watching it like with subtitles on the on the tv right so while i sat at the bar and and uh you know enjoyed the company of my fellow man um rather than sitting at home alone and watching it and i i uh i didn't catch that it was Eddie Vedder so I I looked up at the screen and I saw like I was like oh who is this grizzled middle-aged roots rocker you know who's uh who's coming to sing uh for the for the in memoriam is this that uh is this that John Cougar Mellencamp that I've heard so much about <laughs> and it was only later when I got home uh, and saw the YouTube clip of it, and it was oh my god, that's actually that's actually Eddie Vedder, right? Mm-hmm. So how would you, how would we feel, you know, if Eddie Vedder did a? I can't even think of comparable acts today. Like if if Eddie Halsey, Vedder- Halsey, Halsey, <laughs> Halsey, 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 and more Halsey. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. I mean, it's not just Halsey. It would be like Eddie Vedder does. Does a does a bleachers? Yeah, exactly. Or like a right, like he does. He makes he remakes ten like a ten like grunge rock album in the style of grunge rock, but like produced by Max Martin, right? Yeah, and with like Taylor Swift on a track and like Bleachers uh, on a track and like and, f- and Future on one, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Quavo, Wait, right? Quavo would definitely be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, doing a doing a guest verse, right? And then like you know that's that's how that's how sort of bizarre uh this thing is in the uh in in the conception right and that's i you know i don't know it is it is weird and i'm i'm sort of i'm interested in I mean, I'm interested in uh, what you say, Ryan, that this is kind of the death of grunge rock because like grunge rock is is sort of authenticity obsessed. Right. And I I think that Santana like has a kind of authenticity because he belongs to the Woodstock generation and also a kind of a kind of cultural authenticity because he was sort of fusing uh, Latin American jazz and and kind of 60s rock and roll 60s and 70s rock and roll music like in a way that was in a way that was sort of unique um yes and so that like so yeah. he has that kind of cultural authenticity uh as well as a you know as a trailblazer um 
and as a kind of authentic inheritor of, uh, you know, he's, he's Mexican American as an authentic inheritor of Latin American jazz. So, uh, so like, so that like, it's almost, he's almost the, the grunge Santana is like almost the grunge rock apotheosis, right? Well, he's like but, the grunge rock Trump card. Well, no, but I think that it's, it's kind of that there was a great, that, that, there are kind of a um, competing modes of authenticity that were warring, right? That the kind of um, the punk, right? That 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 grunge was kind of the apex of a punky mode of of authenticity, and and I think that. Um, that 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 was is defined a little bit in opposition to elements of the kind of hippie-ish mode of um of, of authenticity. And I think that this is and and I mean you could you could view the you know, I guess the question is whether you know what happens on su- supernatural is a synthesis, but I think it's more that you know the fact that there were so many, you know, again, I, I think again about the kind of the centerpiece song of this um smooth uh by santana featuring rob thomas of matchbox 20 um and and of matchbox 20 more generally and of the other rock acts that show up on here right like eagle eye cherry um you know everlast is kind of you know acoustic um rap rock uh and and dave matthews and that there are so many you know this is relatively representative of where a lot of kind of mainstream guitar driven rock was in 98, 99. Um, and that, that there had already been a move away from alternativeness to a kind of a, a softer rock that then could kind of seed authenticity to the boomer notion of authenticity and kind of, and, and kind of be, be like join, join league with the boomers basically. Um, and, and again, it, it doesn't end the cycle because you have, you know, and then, and then it kind of vacates that kind of, um, you know, the mainstream, mainstream alternative. Um, and, uh, and, and then what is happening in kind of, you know, the more experimental, um, uh, guitar driven music, uh, is happening is, is, is indie once again. Right. And so that there is some kind of indie, you know, it's not even exactly a, um, a dialectic. It is more of an Ouroboros, right? Uh, because it, it, it kind of eats its own tail, um, and, uh, and poops in its mouth. Right. And so that, um, yeah. And so I, I, I do think though, it is a, at least for that moment, a rejection of the kind of punkier, the, the punkier wing of the, um, uh, of, of the authenticity wars in favor of that kind of more, the more countercultural psychedelic, uh, mode that was, that is more sixties leaning. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that is interesting to me. I mean, I think of, I don't know. Was was Woodstock? Did Woodstock have like punkiness to it? I mean, are are hippies punky at all in their rejection of mainstream culture, or are they are they just aesthetically so unpunky because they are sort of rural versus urban, or you know, uh, or you know, because they're they're a bunch of stupid hopheads or something like that? Yeah, I think I think like I think like the I think where hippies are not punky. Um, uh, like, I think there's like a lack of aggression. Yeah. I think there's a lack of aggression in the culture, 
Because I think even when the hippies are lit, they're just like lit in a different way. They're, I think they're they're lit like a bong. Yes, <laughs> and, and I know it's just it's like um, it's I think there's more uh, great stoner laugh, bro. Yeah. I think the the punky thing. I think that there's like an undercurrent in it to me in punkiness of kind of a little more willing to sort of like I w- I don't want to say self hating because that's like a that sounds really strong, but it's like a little bit more willing to sort of like I don't know like a little more jaded or a little more. Um, yeah, like a little more jaded, a little more, um, there's a little more of a, a like kind of nihilistic anarchism. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's a nihilistic anarchism. It's, it's more jaded, I mean, it's I, more, I, cyni- I guess, more cynical. Yeah. And I, cause I'm thinking specifically about kind of the sex pistols and, and kind of post sex pistols. Um, yeah. And I think that is something that is then just carries through as like a light strain in, 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 in like all of that music. Right. And even t- like, as far as like, I don't know, things that are like post-punk or something, right? Like there's just like a kind of strain of a little more cynicism, a little more jaded, a little more, yeah, nihilistic or anar- like, uh, you know, right, a little more embracing of that spirit. Whereas the, with the hippies, there is a belief of like we are building the utopia now. Like, yes, that we are rejecting a status quo, but we're building a new world and we're doing it. You know, we're yeah. doing this damn thing together. Yeah, we're doing this damn thing. And if there's like anger, it's like outward anger. It's like more at the man. It's at, right. It's like outward anger at like the system, the man, about like the the kind of like things out things outside of you, right? That like you can focus your anger on, and like then there's like a kind of plan for for systemic change. And I think like I mean I think there's like there is that in punk. It's not like I don't think punk doesn't look outward, right? But it looks outward and still also looks inward and still also has like a little bit more of a whiff of like there's like, um, you know, the futility or something. Right. Of like doing things and like there's more sarcasm. There's more. It's like it's just like a little more negative, <laughs> I guess, uh, in that respect. Or, or it's, it's it's a different. And so I, that to me is like the kind of distinction between what makes something kind of like punk. Right. And because it's not just um, although there are plenty of like, I think, punk acts that like, you know, really just like look outward. Right. And in that sense, like, I don't think there are things that I would say, oh, that's not punk. Right. Because they don't have kind of like sarcastic, half half committed, like kind of uh, ideas in songs. But I think there is like a long tradition in punk of sort of like having more of this like inward negativity inward looking negativity oh, i mean i think like, i mean it's thinking about woodstock is an interesting entry point and and about the 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 various incarnations of woodstock uh and i think that thinking about kind of santana as a band that kind of made its name at the first woodstock and then kind of contrasting that with punk woodstock which is uh you know the uh green day's performance at the 94 woodstock right which we talked about when we talked about dookie where they are I mean, they they adequately chastise 
the hippies that are in the audience, right? And then they antag- antagonize the audience into throwing mud at them and and throw it back. <laughs> um, and that there is a very right. It is definitely not a kind of creating kind of a, this environment of peace, love, and understanding and blissed outness. But there's a a uh, an active kind of undercurrent of agitation and then the kind of that kind of then you know five years later they did woodstock 99 so in the 30 year anniversary of the original woodstock and this was even more known for um you know kind of substantial kind of violence um and kind of um you know it was it was look there's not a reason that there haven't been subsequent woodstocks since then right it was the last woodstock um because that it was and that wasn't even um the punkification of woodstock that was like kind of you know that was the that was the um limp biscuit was was stock the new metal wood stock right which is um you know definitely i guess even if there are are uh you know the the you know santana's ascendancy I and mean, that is what's interesting is that santana doesn't play woodstock 99 though it's limp biscuit and corn and uh and metallica and rage are playing uh woodstock 99 and they shut the whole thing down right there's never a woodstock again after that well this is why we can't have nice things right <laughs> so sort of returning to supernatural this this album i think like revives the uh revives the utopianism yes in a, in exactly a, in a much cleaner kind of package right like right. in a much less dirty hippie uh sort of package in a much more rob thomas shaped package you know yeah and, and there is i mean that is like the uh, and that is like the 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 unifying um, factor, kind of between the pop songs, I think, and the the kind of uh, the album cut Latin pop songs, right? I mean, again, I think about that, like the, especially the later songs on the album, the last two songs, right? You have the calling uh, and the the day of celebration, uh, which are these like kind of super hippied out, especially like the calling, right? That has that hook, you know, people, people, people hear me calling. Right. And it's, and it's just this kind of over it's, and it's, it's that, that is like basically all the lyrics, right? And it is, that is as much of a utopian um, hippie chant uh, as, as you're going to, to hear. Right. Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's, uh, I mean, should we, should we jump into, uh, the three before we call it, should we jump into the three singles from this record? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> I mean, you know, so, uh, so in, um, in put your lights on, uh, everlast encourages all the sinners, uh, to put their lights on and all the lovers to put their lights on and all the killers to put the lights on and the children to leave their lights on because the children already had their lights on. Yeah. Next really song. Makes you think. Yeah. Really makes you think. <laughs> so what do you what do you make of, of, of Everlast? Do you remember Everlast? No, it was not Everlast was not uh Mr. Mr. Last was not uh really part of my uh part of my growing up, you know. Oh, but what wasn't he though? Um, have, <laughs> ha, have you ever, Matt? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever jumped around? I mean, jumped around, jumped up, jumped up, and gotten down. I mean, jump, I, jump, <laughs> jump, jump, jump. Have you ever lived in a house of pain? 
Because that's that that's Everlast's previous band. <laughs> oh, how so? Oh, that's so. Mr. Last was. Uh, that's that's yeah. That's interesting. I um. I'm not sure. Just like, ever... just like Kini is made of sesame seeds. <laughs> House of Pain is made of Everlast. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. I thought, I thought it was Everclear, but that's a different thing, I guess. Oh, no, no. Everclear uh, wrote a song about Santa Monica. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're the better of the Evers of the late 90s. <laughs> uh yeah, of the of the Evers, I um, I'm familiar with jumping around, but I'm uh, I I cannot at this point recall as to whether I have participated in it, uh, as whether I've actually jumped jumped around. I mean, I mean, I don't know. yeah, there, there no, yeah, I understand it. You are are par- a partisan of crisscross. You just jump, jump rather than jump around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't I don't jump around in your fascist circle. I I you know I am totally crossed out. Um, but no, yeah. So that is, I, I mean, so so Everlast, right, was part of House of Pain. Had a big single uh, early in the '90s with Jump Around, um, and then later in the '90s um, emerged as this kind of acoustic guitar rap rock, <laughs> uh, kind of folky rap rock. Uh, and uh, the the big hit of that time uh, was what it's like, I believe. Um, right. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and they're, they're kind of the, the, that also has this kind of like speaking for the working person, kind of the forgotten, you know, uh, the forgotten person. Uh, and again, it's somewhere between folk and rap. Um, and so, and, and that's kind of a context for what the kind of sound of, and this is even, this is, I don't know. I mean, this is not, like a Tom Waits song, but he even goes one more step in that direction, right? He's not so much rapping as he is like slowly speak singing this. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, it's, I think Everlast is kind of part of the, it's interesting because it's, I mean, I feel like this album like kind of tries to sell to like multiple quadrants. Right. And I think this is kind of like more of like the, selling to a kind of adult contemporary boomer Hmm. sensibility, right? Hmm. Because I think Everlast had that song, right? The What It's Like song. And that kind of became like weirdly kind of like an adult contemporary pop song, right? Like even though it was a rap song. Right. Um, It's like, oh, this is rap. I'm fine with this. Right, exactly. (laughs) And once once that's a conversation, oh, this is rap. I'm fine with this. Then it's like, oh, I'd love, I remember Santana. Okay. And then, <laughs> and then that's a <the> conversation. <laughs> and then that's how this song got put together. That's, uh, that is interesting. <laughs> but yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, I do think, and you know, I think in that respect, like Eagle Eyed Cherry is kind of like another right step in that mode. Like, all right. Yeah. And Dave Matthews too. Right. These are all sort of like, Oh, okay. <laughs> that's nice <laughs> but i mean it is interesting because then it is and this is what's interesting about this is that the the person the the person being there with santana is the main thing and the song is the afterthought a little bit right <laughs> right at least in that model and i i do wonder if that's the case um 
And, and, and certainly if the people are kind of bringing their songs or at least bringing their personality to to these songs, um, it's still then as a as a whole thing, then um, and, and some of the critics at the time kind of point this out, then lacks a little bit of um, coherence. Right. So the Everlast song this is interesting. Right. Uh, the Everlast song is written by Everlast. Right. So this is a case where this was an Everlast song that then has um that, that then has the Santana guitar solo on it, right? So this is a just as Santana situation, <laughs> or maybe it's that, right? B Y O S, right? Bring your own Santana. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. The the um, who benefits more? You know what I mean? From yeah. The, from the comparison is what I was kind of thinking. Of uh, yeah, that. Is it, this is this like an aging boomer rock star sort of getting cultural currency from the likes of? Uh, of, you know, Wycliffe, Rob Thomas, Everlast, uh, at Alia, or is this like, uh, are these, these people being, being somehow kind of ennobled being sort of put up into a classical, like, you know, it being admitted to kind of a classical discourse to the, to the, you know, I don't know, to the Mexican American Academy of, of, uh, you know, fat guitar sounds and letters. Right. And, uh, I mean, I think it does benefit both of them because it's, Apparently, like, this is sort of like Santana's John Travolta moment. Like, <laughs> like he had not done anything for seven years. Right, right. right? Like, he, he was, like, pretty washed up and broke. And he went to Clive Davis um, asking, like, so what do you think? Could you market me? <laughs> like, could you market, like, some songs that would sell us, like, pop songs? Like, uh, I guess hoping that Clive, I guess Clive Davis had signed him originally, like hoping that like he could, you know, try to figure out a way to make a little comeback to make money. And, and this was the strategy, right? It was the strategy to essentially uh, make you forget on half of the songs on this album that it's a Santana album at all. <laughs> uh, so I do think, yeah, I do think it's like everyone gets a little something out of it, right? Like uh, Santana gets that, you know, Santana gets to ride like Everlast's like brief little moment. And yeah, and then Everlast gets to have a moment where he's with like a, you know, rock and roll Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, because it's like, but then, okay, so what's interesting then, though, is what do the two halves or two the two thirds of the Fujis that show up here, Lauren Hill and Wycl- uh, Wycliffe, what do they get out of it? Oh, yeah, but this is this is just this is a belt high fastball for Wycliffe, right? Like, oh, yeah, the, like well, I mean, this perfect, this kind of like polyglot sort of facile, you know, like <laughs> polyglot synergy of musical styles and stuff so that he can say like one time. So you, you're saying time. that what, 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 what Wyclef gets out of this is artistic fulfillment. Well, right, exactly. yeah. This is peak. I mean, he's this is peak. Y, this is maybe even peak Wyclef. This is, you know, almost better, almost better than the, uh, the Fuji's album for him. I mean, better in the sense of uh, he is, he has achieved the ultimate freedom of living in accordance with his nature. Right. Yeah, it's like very on brand, right? <laughs> it, 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 yeah, I that I you know I was gonna say a similar thing. Yeah, it's it kind of makes sense. This is exactly the sort of thing to slot himself into and associate himself with, right? Like Latin Latin rock guy, uh, you know, and, and 
yeah, it's very on brand for the, you know, the kind of the, the Fuji brand. Well, I, I do also, I think so kind of transitioning over to Maria Maria. Um, I think what's really interesting about this song is how that, so uh, let me see if I can kind of, it, it is, uh, it, it does partake in the myth of Santana, right? <laughs> and, and like, uh, and, and I, what, you know, so it, cause it's setting up a character, right? And it's, it's setting up this world and it's this, this, this urban world, right? Maria, Maria, she reminds me of a West Side story growing up in Spanish Harlem. She's living the life like, just like a movie star. Oh, Maria, Maria, she fell in love in East LA to the sounds of the gu- guitar, yeah, yeah, played by Carlos Santana. Santana. And, then, and it's like, and then like the guitar is coming from inside the song. <laughs> like, right? It's like, it, it, it weirdly is like, but wait a second. It's like, right? There, there's the infinite guitar time loop, right? Because it's, it's, it's good. Right? It's Carlos Santana's looper, right? <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and in that, like, you know, 1999, Carlos Santana is impersonating kind of, um, you know, or, or, or reproducing the sound of someone grew up listening to him. Um, but yet the guitar solo that he plays is, as Matt said uh, earlier, a quote of the Wu Tang Clan "Ain't Nothing to Fuck With" line, right? And so it is that is not what the um, sound of um, Carlos Santana's, uh, you know, guitar uh, sounded like when Maria Maria was growing up, unless somebody, um, you know, Back to the Future him, right, and said, "Hey, Carlos, this." is that new sound you're looking for right um and so that that is fascinating and i think there's also an amazing music in, uh, moment in the music video for maria maria right so that in through the first verse santana is playing acoustic guitar right he's playing kind of a a the lines he's playing are kind of inspired by classical spanish guitar um, and so as it's shot they, and they have lots of shots of santana playing the acoustic guitar and it cuts back to the vocalist says to the sounds of the guitar yeah yeah and it says by played by Carlos Santana and it cuts right back to him and he has the electric guitar and it's like and it is impossible to put down one guitar and pick up another in that speed that quickly there are there's only one answer and is that th- that both Santanas are coexisting <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the same timeline right kind of like like the two Martys in Back to the Future yeah this too. is a, exactly it's a, kind of a yesterday's Enterprise type of situation where yes. like, uh, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah so I don't know. Those are just some of my thoughts about the dense, the dense uh, world that Wyclef helped to weave on Maria Maria. I, I don't want to think that acoustic guitar Santana like was killed by electric guitar Santana. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh no! He was he was electrocuted by him. <laughs> so, do do you think which 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 is which Santana do you think is good Santana, Rachel? Oh, between electric and acoustic guitar Santana. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, I you know, it's very easy. I think to narrativize electric guitar Santana as like bad Santana, <laughs> right? Like I, so I don't want to just fall for that like impulse because I just bad, think that bad Santana. That was a movie with Billy Bob Thornton, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but Billy Bob Thornton played in a Santana cover band, but he was not very good. <laughs> but he couldn't really play the guitar, so they robbed him. Bank. <laughs> <laughs> um, <Green light> it. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, Rachel. I, I knocked you off of your. Uh, I knocked you oh, off no. of your point, which was I, that you don't want to. You don't want to necessarily count out uh, electric guitar Santana. I think it's like you know. It's like I think. I think. I think acoustic guitar Santana wants us to think that electric guitar Santana is the bad one, but it's really acoustic guitar Santana <laughs> who all along has been sort of, uh, you know, ruining the world. Would you say, would you say that acoustic guitar uh, Santana has been play- has been pulling all the strings? Yes. <laughs> I would say that. <laughs> I would say that. <laughs> Um, Matt, Matt, what are your, I mean, other than the kind of the, the sonic fit of Wyclef, do you have any other thoughts on Maria Maria? I like, I mean, I don't know. I like the, I like that guitar riff from the Wu-Tang Clan thing, (laughs) you know? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it is, I mean, it is interesting. The, the, both East LA and, you know, Spanish Harlem, right, are associated with uh, with like Latino culture, right? Right. And it's it is you know, and you think of Wyclef and you, and you think of Haiti, right? Like his his right. uh, thing. So it's it is an interesting it's an interesting kind of appropriation, right? Like I I almost want like uh, Wyclef to like rap in Haitian Creole or something alongside alongside this record, just to kind of do complete. Um, you know, to have kind of a, a complete inception. Um, the the other thought I had, and this is cynical, while I was listening to this, was that like, you know, uh, were you in college when when Wyclef came and played our our spring concert there? I don't think I, I don't think I was. That might have been. That might have been like, the year well, before you got there. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, you would have probably might have been that might have been this like the like two thousand year basically. Yeah, you would you would have um, uh, you would have probably pr- have produced that concert had you been uh, had you probably. been uh, in school then. So like um, he he played this live, but but played is. Uh, um, maybe too generous a word he th- they played the the track you know and uh and the product gmp was not there so those vocals were like laid over and uh the santana Sa- carlos santana was not was not at yale so those those were laid over so like really at the Wycliffe show uh as i recall like if memory serves it's that like uh he Wycliffe like stood on stage while um <laughs> He stood on stage while this song was played, kind of like, kind of like bouncing, kind of like bopping back and forth, you know. So he, so he pulled a DJ Khaled, in other words. A li- yeah, a little bit. Right? I mean, if like, you watch the video for Wild Thoughts, like, like DJ, Khaled, like from the live performance from the Grammys, what you describe is exactly to a a, a detail what DJ Khaled does yeah. on the Grammy. He, he says he prefaces it by saying, "They said, they said I'd never play the Grammys. Well, they played themselves." <laughs> As he bops, as he bops and yells. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least Wyclef sticks in the occasional, like, one time. 
yeah. to West Side Worldwide. Um, the yeah, it's uh, so like I I I'm interested. I mean, I'm interested in I'm interested in this. I actually don't know about the adoption of Santana. Uh, I mean, I know you can look up like uh, chart performance, but it's sort of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? Like, were were these really big in? Um, you know, in Latino communities in, uh, in the United States, you know, were, were, were did he have uptake in the community as well as kind of in the mainstream, which we know he had because of his chart numbers? Um, is it right? Would it be a, uh, a guitar played by Carlos Santana or would it be played by someone, you know, mm. who we don't know, you know what I mean? Who did not have mainstream crossover success. And is this a sort that of, interesting. I mean, is this a sort of rewriting, rewriting of the past? You have to do a little, have to do a little, um, uh, research to to figure it out, but the the idea is is interesting anyway. the The other thing, though, like about this is about this record is like one of the interesting factoids I read as we were preparing is that this is uh, this is the top selling original record by a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee yeah. after being inducted into yes. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. And I think is number two behind the Beatles anthology for uh, for all time, right? Yeah, um, right. So that that, like, uh, that's kind of, that's an incredible, you know, that's an incredible thing, right? Like that, that like that career is supposed to be over. That's supposed to be kind of a lifetime achievement award, right. you know, like a, a Hall of Famer shouldn't be someone, presumably someone with an active career is a person who, uh, you know, is a person whose best years are conceivably ahead of them still, right? And that, like, um, that that's, you know, I don't know that that is sort of a that's sort of a remarkable thing and it uh, is sort of a testament to the uh to the the brilliance of the marketing i mean the the the, the album was conceived by marketers right so there you yeah know, there you go yeah i think it's interesting because i think I, I i hear it in thinking about like the kind of um the perspective of, like whether or not like the, this kind of like fictional maria would have been listening to the sounds of Carlos Santana or like kind of like who, who are the sounds that she would have like fallen in love with. Um, I do think, um, I do think he does have like a touchstone only on like a very like personal anecdote, which is that like my, so my uncle was in the Miami sound machine and I definitely like know that he likes Santana. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Santana is like a notable like touch point, right? Like for like the kind of like, uh, well, it's worth noting also that like early Miami sound machine is a lot closer, closer to Santana, Santana than, than what you, than, than to, you know, turn the beat around exactly. or, you know, to, uh, you know, Congo or, you know, the like, kind of later Gloria Estefan pop songs. Right. Like, so yeah, my late uncle like was a harmonica player. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's, you know, definitely like, you know, that bluesy rocky, like that, that, that kind of blues and rock influence on like, I guess like a kind of like fusion cuban pop music is like i can't help but think like you know i mean santana is like kind of an interesting touch point right yeah. on that road to like this is commercially viable let's do this sure you know? but another hold on when did buena vista social club come out just as another oh yeah uh 
right? What just as another kind of touch point in that, with that, you know, with actual Cuban musicians being exploited by Ry Cooter and the uh, you that know, was, I believe, night n- earlier, right? Yeah, a little earlier. I think a little earlier, maybe 96, 97, 97 was the Buena Vista social. Right. And there was sort of no, and that was a, that was a uh, popular record. Right. And that like, and nothing like, nothing like supernatural, but, uh, but there, there was almost no rock and roll in that, in that album. It was very, you know, it was very jazzy. Right. Uh, With, um, Oh, what were their names? I, I remember the piano player because I really I, I liked the piano player being a piano player as a kid. His name was Ruben Gonzalez. Uh, but um, uh, oh, who was the who was the the singer? Ibrahim Ferrer. There he is on the on the thing with that that beautiful high voice that that he had. That was like I don't know. Uh, I don't know a little more. Um, a, a little less of a cross, a little less of a crossover sound, and a little more of a, I guess, a traditional sound, maybe, right? Like, so there was a, yeah, I don't know. There was there was a market for this. There was a market for for um, Latin pop music in the nineties. Well, I, well, I think a crossover the other market. piece. Well, and and the other thing that we've not acknowledged is that that was concurrent with Supernatural, and it's like almost directly concurrent. Was kind of outside of even rock was the kind of you know this. Uh, late nineties Latin music explosion that was kind of crossing over. Right. And so this is Ricky Martin, right. Yeah. The, Ricky Martin's uh, self-titled um, kind of uh, album, which was his, I believe the like English language debut. And he had, you know, had a substantial recording career before that, but his kind of crossover hit with um, live in La Vida Loca and a few other um, songs, right. was happening right around the same time um, that smooth was, uh, was blowing up. Right. Um, and, and, and Shakira, and then, yeah, laundry service was about to come out in in two thousand one. And same with and and and, and uh, Enrique Iglesias, like Bailamo happened that same summer of ninety nine. Um, and so so there was definitely, and I believe there's a Mark Anthony single around the same time, right? So that there are a number of different strands, and I do think that you know, kind of, and circling back to Wyclef's role in all of this. Uh, you know, again, what you know, Wyclef, right? Uh, we talked about this uh, on the carnival, right? He, uh, you know, just two years earlier uh, had his version of Guantanamera, right? And kind of uh, had this vision of this kind of pan Caribbean union. And and I think that uh, in, in kind of reading the tea leaves of what is happening kind of in the crossover of Latin music, I mean, he is both kind of emphasizing that and cashing in on that. <laughs> um, and that there is something about this is that and I kept going back to Rachel your story about your your uncle I mean there is something to be said for on the one hand right wanting kind of Latin music but then also wanting rock music right and and that there being a kind of sense but that like having Santana is a way uh, is a bridge to both kind of be part of rock music while still having a music that feels connected to identity right and it's it's a kind of it's 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 a. I mean, I think that there's a lot that's going on here that is around, you know, it's you know around fusion, around hybridization, and 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 I think that's what's you know part of what Santana is standing for is a way to kind of become a rock star, but still really, um, you know, you know, not just happen to be a rock star who is Mexican American or kind of who is Latin American, but kind of really imagining some um, fusion, which brings us to smooth. 
by Santana <laughs> featuring Rob Thomas of Max Matchbox 20. Because I will say, I, I think this is the song when people, if people mock this album or roll their eyes about this album or think this will be bad, it's Rob Thomas saying the words, man, it's a hot one. <laughs> uh, and, and just, and, and all of his Rob Thomasness. But I think the thing and I did kind of wince and cringe when I when I heard him and and at the prospect of listening to a, an entire song with Rob Thomas, but man, the piano line in that song. Yeah, it's a good little. It's a good like Montuno, right? That that da 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 Right. <laughs> it's well, it's an unintentional. The dancing is wrung out of me by the, you know, by the skill of the rhythm section. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, you know, like they're like, actually, it's like a washboard that they're raking you over. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Like, to make that like one of those one of those fish percussion instruments that exactly. you play with the yeah. state that has the ribs. It's like, yeah, yeah, I believe it's a, I, correct me if I'm wrong. And well, actually, I think that's a huero, I believe, um, like the kind of gourd shaped uh, instrument with the uh the, with the ridges um yeah um yeah, yeah exactly there's 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 some of that on there um i don't know yeah so there's a, I, I feel like smooth has a it's actually anything but smooth because there's a deep ambivalence to smooth um i mean I don't know, are you guys ambivalent about smooth or or are one of the two poles of the like the underlying goodness of the song or the underlying kind of overarching badness of Rob Thomas. Does one of them dominate? I actually think the song is better than I remember. And <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. It's, it's because it's like, Oh, this is like way more of a Latin jazz song than I gave it credit for. Right. Or like they right, like that. The whole groove is good. Um, I mean, definitely Rob Thomas's kind of like vocal performance is distracting. <laughs> I like, um, which is not a really good attribute of lead vocals on any no. song. <laughs> uh, you know, it, he does that very like, I don't know what it is. It's like he pinched his nose and then like sucked in like. He like pinched his nose and sang through like a balloon, like before like performing. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's like a very particular kind of like nasal like quality that I is hard to really replicate. I think, but uh, but yeah. So it, I think it's distracting, but I don't think it's at. I don't think it actually is, makes a song like that terrible. Honestly. Um, it's it's better than I remember. <laughs> Matt, what are your any any takes on on smooth? I mean, hot? he he's sort of also man, man that man that take is a hot one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he he also sort of name checks Spanish Harlem, and I guess it bothers me less when Wyclef does it by by analogy, you know. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. This is, I, I guess, sort of pre-gentrification and, and the the transformation of, of uh, Spanish Harlem into either the Upper Upper East Side or the Upper Upper West Side. But, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't East. know. There, upper East, yeah. Yeah, Upper Upper East Side, right? Like, um, 
I don't know. It's it doesn't. Uh, it's um, it it doesn't really have a point, <laughs> right? Like uh, yeah. ly- lyrically is is the thing, and there's not. It's kind of a one from column A, one from column B kind of kind of lyric writing where it's just this sort of associative word salad uh, with things that have to do with like Latin heritage or, you know, hotness or, uh, or, you know, love ladies, something like that. Yeah. that like that, that doesn't really uh, add up too much. I mean, I feel like that the, uh, the hook, the, the melody of the hook is, is all right. Um, and that, that give me your heart, make it real with the band doing the hits behind it is, is, uh, pretty good. But, uh, I don't know. As, as long as you don't listen, you know, as long as you, if you, you know, what you should do is just like get a loop of the, like the first maybe 16 or 32 bars and just play that over and over and over. So. Right. I, I was going to say that I think Maria Maria suffers from the same exact problem, though. Well, we are, and we sure. and we did call that out and on the Everlast song as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it suffers from the same problem because, like, I also think the Maria Maria, aside from unless you know, it's like there's a West Side Story reference, so like at least that is kind of like an association to Spanish Harlem that makes sense. I but, mean, no, because Spanish the- Harlem's on the East Side. <laughs> Wait, but what do you mean? Spat, I mean disease, disease. Oh, West Side Story. West Side Story is Hell's Kitchen, right? And, right. And Spanish, right? Because like West Side Story is set in like Hell's Kitchen, uh, and Spanish like Harlem almost entirely, almost entirely for everyone. Yeah, right. You're it's, right. Again, it's not called East Side Story. No, you're right. So then. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> you try, right. and also you is tried, a, is, a, yeah. is a creation largely of Leonard Bernstein, right? So. Yeah, that too. I mean, yeah, I was just like, okay, I so what? I didn't like were Puerto Ricans in Hell's Kitchen? I guess so. It, it, as far as Leonard Bernstein knows, yeah. Well, anyway, so but like, I mean, that's the other thing too. I mean, the Spanish Harlem thing. It's yeah, I think it's like they they keep using it as like a stand-in for like the entire like Latin diaspora or something. <laughs> it's like, whoa, that's like Yeah, or all kind of like all kind of like uh uh Latino Latinx Americans. You know what I mean? Yes. Like in that like that right, that 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 is kind of uh it's a, a metonymy, right? For those for those things. And I guess like it's it's a little bit I feel like my my woke calling out of uh, of lyrics on the Santana album has been you know imprecise as as befits a white guy from West Los Angeles, but like, uh, but there is definitely there is a kind of casualness or a carelessness with the issues of representation that would definitely not fly today, right? Oh. And the, and oh, no. sorry, yeah, oh no, oh, no totally. I yeah. mean, even just like throwing in East, I mean. It's a, yeah, this is like a character who's like, I mean, it's not like this, per- this, the Maria Maria is like a plausible person, I suppose, but not really, right? Like, it's like she's, she's in Spanish Harlem, then she's in East LA, like, what is sort of like the, there's no, it's not really rooted in like a real story at all, rather than just like you said, this casual word soup of sort of like different, different like well-known latin communities <laughs> I, 
know, and and like uh, you know, I don't know. It's so I think what we we've come to actually is that uh, Supernatural is the first album uh, which has lyrics entirely generated by a machine learning <laughs> algorithm, right? <laughs> and this is like Santana actually is a pioneer in artificial intelligence, right? I mean, it's kind of like I, I'm like tying this to um, God, what's the show that the reboot of um. Got like uh, oh 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 the uh, um, they just did a reboot of the Norman Lear show um, all like in, all in the family no it's the, the Latin one it, um, oh oh um, is it one day at a time one day at a time yeah one day at a time and they rebooted it um, to have like a Cuban American family and. They are. They live in like, and they live in like East LA. They live in like hipster East LA, like Echo Park, right? And like Echo Park, and I, I, it's just like it. It to me, it's like the same kind of thing. It's like okay, that could be true, but like, there's no like kind of like like easy story there for like yes that happens all the time <laughs> like you know and so I think that's like the same with this like Maria Maria character like. Okay, yeah, she might have moved from Spanish Harlow to East LA. I don't know. Are they kind of like? So okay, so East. I mean, like, let's let's get specific about our Los Angeles geography, right? Like that sort of northeast part. That's that's uh, Silver Lake, Echo Park, Highland Park, up to up to Pasadena, right? Like that is the the that was kind of maybe the first beachhead of hipsterization, but now is completely gentrified. East LA, which is actually east of downtown Los Angeles and not sort of northwest of downtown Los oh, Angeles, uh, is like uh, Montebello, uh, Boyle Heights, right? These are like historically Latino neighborhoods that are now, re- you know, super getting super gentrified and the, the, like everywhere else in Los Angeles, the kind of wave of, of, you know, wealthy creative professionals is, has, uh, you know, is, is removing all their character from them. Like, you know, first they came from West Adams, then they came for Lamert park, uh, then they came for Baldwin Hills, and now all the, all the when now that all the African American neighborhoods are are you know completely gentrified, the uh, or at least well underway, they're they're headed east of they're headed east of Los Angeles. So they are two. I mean, those are two authentic neighborhoods. It's not like it's not like you know uh, East Harlem to uh, to Echo Park. It's more like East Harlem to East Los Angeles. You know, but but I think and but none of these neighborhoods are overwhelmingly Cuban American. Because it like yeah, yeah. I think what I'm saying is sort of like I you know it's like I it's like the the kind of word soup of this song like describes a character that like theoretically could exist but it's sort of like it's it's also not sort of like an archetypal like it's but it's like it, it's kind of like it's like this like fake archetype that doesn't really isn't even like archetype well it's like possible but it's it's kind of improbable improbable statistically speaking right because yes. it, it imagines like actually far less 
kind of subgroup identity and like you know and, and like and an identity of place and kind of subculture in terms of like di- you know Latin Americans from different places, right? And right. kind of from, you know right. different different kind of uh, enclaves. Um, and and right and it just sort of says, well, we we all speak Spanish, <laughs> so right. um, and and so it is like likely to be interchangeable. And again, these are not impossible. Yeah, it's not impossible that there would be a Cuban American family um, in. Uh, in in East LA, but that's not the representative. That's not necessarily a representative. Sure, I mean, may, you know, maybe they work in advertising or something like that, yeah. right? <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. There's just like I think there's I think I think there's something there about like the word soup of these songs is sort of yes, I agree. It doesn't pass the like representation smell test because it does flatten like. Uh, it flattens the diversity within the uh, Latinx community. That's for damn sure. <laughs> and, and yeah. If, so would you say that it makes it smooth? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's going to be about as good of a place as any to, uh, to, 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 uh, to wind up our, uh, and, and we almost, I think went about as long as the album. We went a, uh, by the time we finished wrapping up, we'll have gone nearly a clean 75 or a, a 74 49. Um, so burn this to your CDR, uh, put it in your disc man. Oh, that would be a great service. If we sold, uh, actual episodes of the podcast on individual CDRs and like mailed them to you or something. I can, yeah. I can do what I did when I was like actually in 1999, which is I would like burn CDs of songs from Napster and then cover them in stickers. Stickers, yeah. And like a sticker collage and then like razor blade off the stickers for like a clean finish. So yeah, that's my artisanal CDR yeah. business. <laughs> yeah, so drop us a line if you'd like a artisanal CDR of uh, of this episode, only this episode of the <laughs> podcast, um, uh, we will we will put the stickers on and then make the edges very smooth, uh, <laughs> and, and we will send it uh, uh, to wherever you are, be it uh, Spanish Harlem or uh, East LA or, or anywhere in between. Um, so uh, say hi to us on the internet. We're on uh, we're on all of the places, Twitter and Facebook, and the show notes at overthinkingit.com. Um, uh, you know, let us know your memories of Santana and Supernatural, uh, and stick with us because we'll still be in the '90s for a few more weeks. Uh, and until then, keep it real. <laughs>